my store has like this cranberry limeade now, <laughs> and it's so good. Like, I'm not even like a big, hey, it's fall time, but like this cranberry limeade, it's like, it feels like, it feels like what fall, like, it's weird because it's like Thanksgiving. It's like Thanksgiving <laughs> time now, and like, like, I love my family, but like, I'm also not like the big, like, Oh, you know, I need Thanksgiving to talk to my family stuff. But like, it's just like distinct flavors and tastes that just like for like this time that always just like resonate with me. Yeah, your Thanksgiving is way too close to Christmas. So it's just like, yeah, like I see it as Black Friday day. Yo, you say it's too close to Christmas. I'm saying it's the start of all holidays all the time. And I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. <laughs> oh man! Well, should we start? Let's yeah, let's let's do it. I haven't done this for a while. I don't know how to open these. Wait, hold on. Uh, hello and welcome to... Wait. Hi and live... Live? Wow. I really don't know how I start these. Uh, hello. We are live from the pool house. And we are live from said pool house. I still messed it up. My name is T.L. Foster. You can tell I haven't done this in a little bit. Uh, but also, if you give me $5,000, you can shoot a video anywhere. Uh... <laughs> And I am joined, of course, by Girl Scout Sonia Ballantyne. Hey, uh, hey, Sonia, we're we're back. Even though we did a whole, we did a whole thing. Already talking about us coming Apology back. Apology tour, yeah. Apology tour. <laughs> but we're going to continue it because maybe you skipped it. You didn't think it was a real episode. It was. You should listen to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we're officially back. How how's it going? It's going pretty well. Staying busy. Um... Trying to stay warm, new apartment, so I'm getting it set up in here, and yeah, like pretty fun. How are you doing, CL? You know, uh, pretty good. Uh, got got a new job. I got one of them Xbox Series S's, uh, so that's been super fun. Uh, next generation is wild, y'all. We're, we're here, we're here in a new generation. Uh, but I'm so glad to to be back with you. Talking about a show that we love, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. uh, and with a new mic setup. Uh, if you were listening, like, oh, so it's a little crispy. It's like it is a little bit more crispy. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm very excited uh, for what we have in store. So Sonia, what episode are we talking about today? So we are watching season two, episode eleven, "The Butler Did It," which first aired November twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one. It was directed by Ellen Falcon and was written by Brian Winter, who also wrote episode two of season two, "The Mother of All Battles." And this episode, our parents are out of town, and our Girl Scout troop has the keys to the car. Yeah. The focus of this episode is that the parents are going to be away. So Will starts the episode trying to suck up to them by taking their luggage to the door. 
but the, uh, most of the kids are happy. the The kids are happy that they're going to be alone for in the house for a few days. It's unclear who's in charge because Hillary is technically the oldest, but Carlton is the biggest mark. Yeah, <laughs> as, yeah. <laughs> as uh, Carlton proves when he calls Hillary a figurehead, <laughs> so like the queen, of, <laughs> the queen of England, and so this also includes one of my favorite lines of the episodes uh, is when Will's telling Carlton, "You got to loosen up. One day you're going to sneeze and pop your drawers." <laughs> so, <laughs> he says that, and I think this episode is really sets in place the the character types for this for the kids like mm. i think this is one of the first episodes where all four of the kids um and their positions in the house are really set in stone and uh, this is one of those episodes where will and carlton get to be brothers too so i really like that yeah no it's it's very much like it it feels it feels like it's less of will uh Will versus mm-hmm. Bill usually, and like this, this is like this allows, like I said, this allows it just to be like, what are the interactions between Will and Carlton? Like, how can they work? You know, how do they work off of each other? Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it does such a really good job. Yeah, and um, I spoke. Uh, there's a scene where Ashley is trying to sell cookies, and she's been having bad luck uh, because even Shelly Winters turned her down. And I had to speak to 302010's Diana to find out some information on this reference. So apparently, Shelly Winters was considered a big girl in the time of Har- Hollywood starlets. So mm. it was a running joke around that time that that like oh the the fat girl wouldn't buy cookies from from uh from ashley boohoo that sort of thing and i didn't realize that shelly winters played um uh grandma mary and roseanne so like i i i was I, when i was researching that i was like that was her so yeah so it was really cool to find out <laughs> yeah but uh so ashley's cookie sale strategy is not working so Hillary tells Ashley of her surefire scam that involves telling a person she's hurt and that they should call her father the lawyer. So I wanted to ask you, are lawsuits really that big of a thing in the U.S. or is it just a TV thing? Uh, no, it's a, I mean, frivolous, frivolous, frivolous lawsuits in the U.S. I mean, it's, it's always like, <sighs> what do you consider frivolous lawsuits, right? Like, we do, I, I think we really do glorify in the U.S., kind of our court system, but it has to do with a lot of, like, what court TV and stuff like that does, like, if 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 a murder trial is going on, like, that's the news. Like, currently, there is the murder trial, there's the, the murder trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who's the uh, shitty white kid who shot protesters during the Joy Floyd protests last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, any kind of like stuff like that or like lawsuits and stuff like that. Like it does get uh, brought up um, a lot. We kind of, we kind of like do the whole, like I'll sue, but normally when people sue, it's like, it really, go, it really goes to trial. It's more of like, okay, we're going to sue. And then like, okay, we'll settle out of court. Stuff. Yeah. So it's more about getting the settlement money than like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I always wondered about that. Cause like you have to pay lawyers. So like, do you only get, do they only get paid when you get the settlement? Or, so a know? lot of lawyers, yeah. A lot of lawyers actually like, that's how they'll, they'll do it. Like these predatory lawyers, they'll be like, we only will pay if you get paid when we get paid. So that is definitely a thing that happens. 
Oh, I guess that's why there's so many shows like um, Judge Judy and that stuff that comes out of the States where people are, like, fighting for two grand, like, that was lost or something. So smaller claims court, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, that all also comes from, like, so when when I grew up, the big court show before Judge Judy, which is still, like, over 20 years old now, right, uh, was People's Court, which yes. is which is just a small claims court, right? <laughs> And we'll we'll actually get to talk about people's court. Um, <laughs> yes, I was thinking about that. Yeah. So, but it is just you know a small claims I don't court. Have an opening statement. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but yeah, I, I like it's very easy because like the thing is like especially with stuff like that and stuff like Judge Judy and Judge Joe Brown and the like, there's a judge show Sonia where there is literally three judges. Mm-hmm. All like they're just they're just three judges and like they're all sassy Judge Judy judges and it's just like <laughs> what are we doing here everybody like what are we doing it's and I I think it also stresses to that idea of like anybody who represents themselves has a fool for a client and like yeah these people representing themselves in these court cases well I guess it's small claims court so it's always like people coming in wearing like neck braces and stuff. Right off the street, but uh, we also find out that Jeffrey is away for the weekend with the pa- uh, same time as the parents. Why is this brought up? We will find out later. Yeah, so, <laughs> Uncle Phil makes it clear that if Will tries anything while the adults are away, he will be grounded and have his license or his allowance taken away. And I love that this like this starts the running gag of everybody blaming Will for things that happen in the house, like how the kids. This will be a running gag with the kids, where no matter what happens, they'll always blame Will. So I love that. <laughs> Mostly because it's like it's something I would do as a as a sibling as well. Yeah, no, I, I think especially if you're the kid that has issues. It is very easy for the people to be like, "Oh, well, what did you mess up?" Like, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> But uh, we find out that Uncle Phil had a weekend getaway planned for him and Vivian uh, at the Doomy Inn, uh, run by Carl Doomy. <laughs> I, I really love how sitcommy the last few episodes have been. Um, the mm. weekend getaway is one of those th- is at one of those theme suite hotels, and the parents end up in a Middle Eastern room where they when they originally wanted the Roman suites, and we find out that the Roman suite was taken by Jeffrey and a woman we can only assume is the same woman he was planning to buy that huge bra for a few episodes back. Right. (laughs) We don't get to see who she is, but like maybe she could be a prostitute. We don't know. (laughs) Hey, look, all that meant is that uh, Jeffrey supports sex workers. So like, honestly, (laughs) that's, that's the route he wants to go with. I'm, I'm for it. Good job, man. Yeah. He just, he does what he has to do. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the kids are running into trouble when Ashley's Girl Scout troop needs a ride to the grocery store and they end up stealing the car when no one will take them. So the girl who told Ashley to put the car in R because it meant really fast is played by Nicole Tom, who was Rice in the Beethoven movies and Supergirl on the Justice League Unlimited TV show. So, oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah, I recognized her. So I was like, oh, like, that was Rice from the Beethoven movies. And yeah, I really love the gag of uh, the kids. The, the Girl Scout troop is well used this episode because like they come in later screaming over the band. We'll get to you in a second. But I and like how they steal the car. And I'm like, I really love that idea of kids stealing cars because this, yeah. this, again, starts a running gag with Ashley driving the car when no one 
is no one allows her to because like uh, when uh, Vivian has a baby in later seasons we're told that Ashley has been driving the car since she was 12 so <laughs> it's like wedding jokes I love that right um, so I love that cut to the three of the three oldest teens when they realize someone has started the car and it isn't any of them. I just love that. Or Jeffrey being the mystery big shot in the Roman suite who uh, Uncle Phil and Vivian are complaining about. Like, this is a perfect example of a sitcom episode. Like, if you right. ever want to know how to write a situation comedy, like, just watch this episode because it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's very good because, like you said, when it comes to writing, it's very much... It's it's such a really good like this is such a good episode of like if you're learning how to write a sitcom I think this is a perfect episode because a lot of it is point joke point joke and I think that's really good to getting your feet wet and writing an episode again that's this is not as a derogatory term saying like this is a bad episode I think it's a really good episode but I think it's also a great episode to learn how to write and pace. Uh, a sitcom because like you said like every joke every joke it, like it's not a long term they're like like i think like the most like long term is when we talk about the band like when uh carlton because carlton you know talks about how he rented out the house like the long term like story beat of renting out the house but every joke is right there and i think that's yeah. really it's such a really good art of being able to tell like just set up a joke and, t- and hit that punchline so quick with each other that way you're able to do more jokes with it yeah like that whole scene where uh phil is telling the kids like um if any of them get into trouble like they're gonna lose their allowance and be grounded and like he's uh james avery is just walking to will and will is just like looking behind him like (laughs) who are you talking to like like that is like a perfect example of a sitcom joke but it works in this context just because of will telling him like, because he's obviously focusing on Will because Will is the one who's most likely going to be the be the one in trouble, and Will just tells him, "This is a a race thing, isn't it?" And I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it there's a reason why tropes work, and right? A reason why tropes are always used, and being able to make a trope funny, even though it's like so cliche, is something that this show does well. Like, cause like, um, like they've used these types of jokes in like Jeffersons and All in the Family and Leave It to Beaver, that stuff, that type of stuff. But they make it their own, which I really enjoy. And I also enjoy Will's Space Jam inspired pajamas that he comes I got the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, yo, how did Will? How did we not get Will Smith in a Space Jam when I saw those pajamas? I'm like, oh, sir. We're so cute. Like I, um, we often see Will in in pajamas in the show, and like his clothing choices are always on point. I just love them, and like it's uh. So we get to the part of the the episode where we find out that uh, Carlton has uh, rented out the house to a music video that's being shot, and Bell Biv the Vo is the band recording their video in the Banks's house, and three takes are ruined by Will and Ty introducing themselves to the band. The Girl Scouts walking in and screaming, and then Will and Ty trying to be in the video. So, <laughs> so I like I this um so as a filmmaker, this is not how you would film a video. No. Like they only have they only have one angle. Um for one thing. They only have one camera. Uh there's a bunch of lights not pointing at anything. Um there's no bloody there's no coverage of the scene. And um, they're basically just, well, no, they would be lip syncing in this case if it was a video, but like that would be the most boring video in the history of time. Yeah, I mean, also like 
I think the direction is kind of weird. Like just like at like me watching it again, having been on set, it's like how you're directing this this seed is weird. Like you, <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's like you as a director, like I have questions about you. Um uh but I also know like so I've <laughs> I've ruined a, I've ruined I've ruined uh scenes before uh, on accident. So I do know <laughs> it is uh a thing that happened. Uh I'll just tell the story. Uh so we were shooting uh we were shooting in LA. It was uh myself and um friend of the show, Aziz Suajeri. Uh and we're shooting uh we're shooting a short in LA and I'm not I'm I'm not in the scene. I am a writer and I was talking to my buddy Marco and um, we think the scene is over because there's this long shot where the two the two characters they're talking to each other. It's kind of like explaining the rules of like how the world works or whatever. And it, like it's this long shot, and I I'm talking to I'm talking to uh my buddy Marco, and I'm or no I'm sorry it was my buddy Joe. I'm talking to my buddy Joe, and I'm like oh yeah you know oh this should be done. And as they get ready for the final scene, I walk forward. I see the camera. It is dead on me. I look <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I walk back the other way. And I just hear, cut. I guess we got to go again. And it was like, oh, did I ruin that scene? Oh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, and it was probably like, it. and I can understand why the director was mad in this episode because they're probably shooting on film. Yes. And so, like, or uh, at least, like, videotape or something. Well, no, they'd probably be shooting on film. But this was in the era of really good music videos, so I don't know what the hell Bel- Belbiv DeVoe's idea was about this video, because I'm like, we have, like, I think this is the time when Rhythm Nation came out, so it's like, yeah. you are going up against some really, really good videos, and that's what you're going for? Well, <laughs> so even like- think of the directors at this time. So you have, you have McGee, Mm-hmm. Would go on to be a film director. You have um uh uh Bad David Boys. Fincher. David, yeah. David Fincher, yes. Um I'm trying to think Bad Boys. Uh, um uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay, yeah. You have Michael Bay. Like there's so many like tremendous directors who are directing music videos at this time, and you're just like, Yeah, this house shot, this boring house shot walking through. Uh you're gonna come towards the camera. Uh, like blocking. Dancing. Yeah, what's blocking? I don't know. Can I, can I actually get coverage with all these girls because you're walking directly in front of the camera? I'm not sure. I haven't blocked this scene whatsoever. Like he's doing a bad job. Yeah, like it was like it's um it, it, like I was uh so I only ever saw this episode syndication, so I didn't know about the cleaning crew coming on Monday. Mm. Uh, so it, like I always thought that the film crew fucked up everything and left because it left a bad taste in my mouth because you never ever burn a set when you're filming, right? And you get a you get a bad reputation if you pull that kind of stuff. So like most film crews will either clean up after themselves or like like I always insist that we do like if you mess anything up like it's on, it's like on your ass and like they like you ruin it for the next people but I'm glad they inserted that in because like um it is something that the that the film shoot would do but I still don't understand why they would put all the furniture outside when the kitchen was free yeah that that was always weird to me but like I I also think of like Oh, it's a sitcom thing. Yeah, too, it's yeah. a sitcom <laughs> thing, obviously. Yeah, but like I have, we I have done shoots in a house, and like you said, you just make sure, hey, make sure like when you move stuff, don't ruin anything and don't break anything, like, mm-hmm. and make sure you clean it. Uh, it also helped. Like I was doing a shoot 
in a house I was staying at, right? Like I, I, yeah. I was doing a shoot at my Airbnb and I'm like, you better not fuck that up because I'm not paying extra for that. Right. Um, that always bugs me too. in like Simpsons episodes when there was that scene where they're filming, um, they're filming uh, a radioactive man and they're like, they, they, they spent some money to record in the Simpsons houses and they like are breaking holes in the wall. I'm like, that is not a repute, a reputable company. If they're doing that without asking first or paying for it to be fixed. Right. Oh, like this, this, this episode just rubbed me the wrong way in terms of the filmmaking process. Cause I'm like, (laughs) burning the set and everything. But I love the scene with um, Uncle Phil in the Middle Eastern room. He's wearing, like, this thing called a thob. Or, uh, excuse me, Middle Eastern friends, if I'm pronouncing it wrong. But it's a really good look for him. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, the parents call home to let the kids know they're coming home early due to Jeffrey and the suite next door and the bad, su- the bad service they've been receiving. And it's just really funny to me to see Jeffrey in the Roman toga. Like, he just looks like a Caesar, basically, which is what his girlfriend calls him. But, right. Uh, but I love when he goes on vacation, he goes on vacation. Like, I am, like, he is just, like, living it up. It's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, that's good, too. Like, yeah, when you go on vacation, I tell people all the time, when you go on vacation, go on vacation. I had somebody, I had a friend of mine, like, we're talking about work. And they're getting ready to go on vacation, and like Friday comes, and they're like, "Oh, you know, if you need anything, take." Like, no, you, no, no, don't answer your phone. You're on vacation. Don't do that. Like, well, I'm you- thinking, of, yeah, I'm thinking about doing that because, like, last time I went on vacation was to meet my partner, and I was still doing some stuff for like a, a jury I was on, and I'm like. Okay, next time I go on vacation, I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> like, I'm I'm going on vacation. I'm going to Washington D.C. Uh, the first week, first weekend of December, mm-hmm. and I, I am not like this episode. Like the episode of for whatever we're gonna do for this will be up, but from that Friday until that Tuesday, I am. Don't ask me for nothing. I ain't doing <laughs> nothing. I'm gonna enjoy. My, I, I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy DC. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm thinking right now since we're talking about vacations, I'm uh, I'm filming a documentary on pro wrestling, yeah, uh, on pro wrestling all of February, like at least three weeks in February, and I think what I'm gonna do is probably take a week off afterwards to just mm-hmm. go maybe go visit my honey or something, or maybe even just go to bank. Well. I don't know. COVID's still a thing here. Like, I'm going to get my booster shot soon. Whoop, whoop. But, like, I think I probably will want to go visit my my honey. But I'm planning to go to Berlin in the in the summer. But that'll be more of a work trip, too, because I'm, like, trying to get universities to sponsor me to go there. <laughs> like, I also want to go to Italy while I'm there. So I'm, like, I need to lose weight so I can get, gain it all back when I go to Italy. Uh, yeah, I I think I've talked myself into this is us talking about our vacations, y'all, because you should take a vacation. Uh, I think I talked myself into going to Japan uh, next year. Uh, oh. I did some uh, stuff with friend of the show, Greg, uh, Greg Moore, uh, who used to work. For, uh, he, he, does, he still does translation stuff now, but he used to work for Capcom. Uh, and he was telling me about like this really great city in japan and i'm such a huge japanophile uh and i i definitely want to check it out i've always wanted to go um especially because like if you guys follow me on twitter i'm a huge ramen guy and and i want some really good ramen i want some really good ramen 
Well, friend of the show, Carrie, my sister, mm. and I were totally planning to come down to Florida to visit you, to visit Antista, to visit our friend, uh, our friend Molly and her mom, Chrissy. Uh, Chrissy, who is like, and Molly is like six years old, but yeah, our friend Chrissy, because like uh, a lot of our friends live in Florida right now. And like, even though it's like, it's like a alcohol, uh, like it's an alligator infested, monkey infested swamp <laughs> to you guys. It's still Florida to us. So when we go down there, I'll just be taking pictures of like the palm trees and like the um, what do they call that? A crackle bear, a crackle barrel. Like, <laughs> don't go there. to, don't go to crackle bear. You're gonna come to Florida. It's like, what's the culture of Florida? Cracker, cracker, cracker barrel. barrel. Like, no, I'm gonna, I'll take you to, I'll take you to good place, good food places. <laughs> Because we wanted to go visit you guys. Like, because like, yeah. I don't know about you, but um, ever since COVID happened, it made me realize that we, like, well, I sound like Wayne Gretzky. We regret the chances we don't take. Yeah. And now that, like, things are a little bit freer and, like, we can travel a bit more, the idea of going to see friends and going to Vegas with family or going to uh, Germany just because I always wanted to go see my favorite band there, like, it's something like it feels like it's things that we can claim now because it's like after spending this year in covid it's like what you realize what you want and what you and the stuff that doesn't matter you know what i mean like yeah. i think that's what the, that's what this whole year has taught me yeah well, a year and a half i guess yeah uh, this whole forever thing no it's definitely one of the things like i do want to eventually go to canada like cuz it would be so cool to do a show live in canada Especially, like I said, we have like so many great friends who are up there who do really cool stuff. Like our buddy uh, Funke Joseph, like who um, has been killing it at Fanbite, killing it, right? Yeah, like him in Montreal doing yeah. all her video game stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, like, and I'm I'm also like I'm I'm so weirdly looking forward to conventions now, like of all the people that we know oh, and being like, God. oh, I can't wait to like hang out with like all these like cool creatives that, that I know. Right. Like it's super, it's super fun. So well, yeah. I went to my first convention since COVID o- over Halloween that was in my town. And like, even though it was more low key because like we were still under restrictions right now, um, it was so good to be around people. Like I didn't feel like I still am not going to be a big fan of being crushed into a line when we go back to those types of situations, mm-hmm. but it felt so good to just be a nerd and wear a costume and see people and like get to talk to people who like aren't just delivering my food. Basically. Right. And like, I don't know, like, I guess that's why, um, I'm happy to be back doing this just because it's like, um, it's just so good for your soul. But like, if you're feeling bad then it's like hard to do stuff like this because you don't give your 100 percent for it like yeah you do things if you give your 100 percent for it yeah like people can tell yeah i know like uh i've been working in an office i'm back working at home now but i was working in an office and it felt really good going into that routine of being in an office and just being like oh this is interacting with people. Oh, I don't like this but i'm glad i got to do it a little bit like yeah it's a nice little taste, <laughs> a little sassant of it. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, was it? Um, so the, we, the last act of the show is the kids have five hours to put the living room back into working order. Mm. And I love um, 
Personally, I love the joke about the couch where uh, Hillary brings a way too small couch. <laughs> and uh, she tell uh, she's trying to cover her butt by telling Will that nobody will even notice. And Will cracks the best fat joke ever when he says that Uncle Phil will notice when it's when he stands up and it's stuck to his butt. <laughs> I love that one. Good writing on that end. Yeah. And I also love um, how Ashley has uh used her Girl Scout troop to help them clean the house because you see a bunch of them mopping the floor. <laughs> so it's just like, man, those poor girls just got ro- and not even Ty stopped to help them. Like no. they're, so they're using this child laborer to get them like to make sure they don't get into trouble. So I just love that scene. Yeah, it turns out Ty, not a great friend. <laughs> like every episode I see you Ty and I'm like, you're not a good friend. Well, he's going to go hang out with uh, with the hot girls from the Belle Biv DeVoe video at the rap party. So I'm just like, oh, yeah. man, you asshole. Jazz would have stayed. Or Jazz would have at least made an excuse about why he couldn't have stayed before he went to the rap party. <laughs> so. But I love how uh, Carlton says at the end of it all, when they when they finally like get everything in order. Carlton says all the kids owe him a twenty because they blew through their uh, they blew through their money from renting the house, which was five grand, which is kind of cheap for a mansion in Bel Air. So I think uh, yeah, I think uh, Carlton got screwed. I mean, so. for even for a shoot, I, she, <laughs> I think that when we shot our stuff, I think doing a soundstage for I think we got the soundstage for three hours, maybe. I think that was about five grand. Honestly, not renting out a whole mansion, even if it's just a room, right? Well, like I, I don't know how much we like. We rented a like a coffee shop for like four hours, and like I think it was like a hundred, like it was a thousand to rent it for like eight hours. But like that mm. was like we weren't allowed to touch anything, so, right? Because you're like, like it was. Yeah, it was already dressed, set dressed and stuff. So we just moved a table, and that was about it. But mm. like using a like a house that people live in. Well, I guess they're only using one room, so maybe like they were able to get away with with just five grand. But like, um, like they were shooting a Chucky movie here in town in Winnipeg, and like, uh, they were gonna pay so much to use one of the mansions here, and it's like, yeah, like the, Carlton got screwed. Like he, he yeah. could have asked for more money. Yeah, five thousand was cheap. That was that was cheap. That's cheap sauce. And so, yeah, the episode ends just as the parents arrive. And I love that. Um, I use it all the time where Hillary is talking to Uncle Phil and she says, like, did you bring me back anything? And Phil answers, yeah, a mother with a great big smile on her face. I just love that, like, that dad type comment. <laughs> And what else? Like, I love Will going, like, Will almost gives the game away and, like, makes him, I think, makes Uncle Phil suspicious because he says, Y'all want to read the Bible? (laughs) You don't just sit around reading the Bible? (laughs) But oh my God, I just love this episode for that reason. Yeah. And, And it ends with Uncle Phil having, uh, pressed his back against the just painted wall and he's covered in white paint. So, and so they decide to uh, to escape the house with Ashley at the wheel. So yeah. that is the episode. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a really, it's a really cute episode. Like yeah. I think we talked about it in the in our apology uh, in our apology recording. But like, it's just a good episode that's fun and doesn't really deal with heavy topics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to sit here and think and be like, 
All right, we're going to be sad now. It's like, no. It's like, here's a, just a fun episode to listen to or to watch. <laughs> yeah, and it just, like, it has some good jokes and stuff. It's not the funniest episode, but it's, like, a very good standalone episode that you can use. As we said, you can use a lot to learn about how to write a sitcom, or like, a half-hour sitcom. Like, it's really good. Like, you get the you get the you to know which characters are which. You get to know how they play out in this episode. Like, you get to know the roles of everybody. So I really, really love that. And it's like, anyway, it's like, if you want to be a writer, watch this episode to figure it's, out yep. how else to do that. How how to do that? Because, like, um, I find, like, I would suggest you, like, I know I hated on Stephen King when he told me this, uh, this tidbit of knowledge on how to be a writer. But it is about consuming things and writing a lot. Like, you got to consume a lot of TV. You got to learn those, like, tricks of the trade. And, like, watching TV like this episode really helps you learn how to do that. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's one of the things uh, Charlie and I talked about, because again, we, we did a laser time about Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Our, my buddy Charlie Gavin uh, was a boarder and a writer for Jellystone. Uh, he's working on a new project now, but um, we talked about, we talked about that. Like the, the, the great thing about shows like this and shows like that and watching all this stuff is, especially if you're writing comedy, the big thing with comedy is like being able to hit those beats. And the only way to get good at it is watching, watching comedy to see what jives with you. So, you know, what comedic beats you're, you, you work with well, and then also writing like Sonia says, like write as much as you can watch stuff like this, because as you get your voice and you find out how to make those beats work, that's when your work can really sing. Like, yeah, exactly. Being able to do that's what makes your stuff a lot stronger. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like that was the episode. And it, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. You know what else was fun? Doing this again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is so much fun. Uh, so, Sonia, uh, if people want to come in, uh, I was going to say stalk you on the internet, but I'm not because <laughs> the fucking internet's the worst. If you want to follow you because you do interesting stuff at a reasonable distance and not obsessively, where would they find you at? On Twitter at uh, Sonia Ballantyne. Uh, you can also follow my more rival Twitter, Honey underscore Child. Um, I'm thinking like I'm going to be more public about Honey Child just because like I'm no longer working for the government, so I don't. Yeah. But I guess like too, I also have to make myself have a, a have a proper internet presence just because of the work I do now, but. Um, but I, I, I will still post there and be as horny as possible. Um, but you can also follow me on Facebook at my, uh, my artist page, Sonia Ballantyne. I don't really add people on Facebook anymore just because like, I really want to keep it to just my family and stuff. So, mm -hmm. and you can, but yeah, like you basically what I post there is the stuff from my Instagram, which is also Sonia Ballantyne. So check me out mm -hmm. there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, Maybe not Facebook, but like Sonya said, that Facebook is me time. You don't want my Facebook anyway. It's boring. I post pictures of, of, of me doing my mom's macaroni and cheese. And I swear to you, because my mom does like, like my stuff on Facebook, if I do follow you on Facebook and you say something to upset my mom, it will be my issue, my mission on earth to end you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me everywhere at Turbo Bison. Um, I have stopped streaming on Twitch. Uh, because again, had a little bit of a mini freak out and just needed to step away from everything. 
Uh, I might bring that back. Who knows? Um, but you can also follow the other podcast I do, which is called PNB, a uh, show I do with uh, Kayla Zumbaum, uh, Dylan Tierney, Robert Beach, and Brandon Hess. Um, it is one of my f- most favorite things to do. I don't really like talking about video games a lot because um, I can find it like those conversations be kind of boring, but I love just kicking it. And that's a great show that we just kick it on. Um, and yeah, uh, other stuff coming down the pipe. I've been talking to people. Uh, I've been talking to Anthony Abbott, who we've had on the show before. He has a really cool idea that I want to work with. Uh, so who knows? That might be coming up soon. So um, yeah, this is my long way of ending this episode. So for <laughs> Sonia Valentine, I'm T.L. Foster. This has been Live from the Pool House. I may not have the opening, but I know how to do the closing. Don't get thrown out like jazz.